Welcome to the Xbox wrap up. I'm your host, Captain Logan, or just Logan. Uh, this week, we have got a lot to dive into with regards to some announcements that came on Sunday with Pokemon. We've got Destiny 2. I want to talk about my thoughts on Witch Queen, uh, possibly some information about the next Fallout New Vegas game with some rumors coming from Jeff Grubb. The Steam Deck is out now, and we've got some news from uh, Gabe, as well as some reviews from people, as well as Digital Foundry. Also, Phil Spencer talks about how he's sick of people using games as a weapon against other console manufacturers. Gran Turismo 7 is out this week, as well as some leaks about PlayStation Spartacus, and we found out that Microsoft Flight Simulator is going to be made available through xCloud and some pretty awesome games that are coming to Xbox Game Pass. Uh, it's also the fifth year of Zelda Breath of the Wild, and I want to touch on a little bit about that as I reminisce about it and my experience with it. But other than that, there's not a whole lot of news to really catch you up on this week. So it's going to be a little bit lighter of an episode. I feel like I'll get to talk a little bit more about my feelings on some of the stuff that's come out. Plus, again, Elden Ring is just absolutely smashing records. It's one of the highest rated games. It's probably going to be in the uh, game of the year for this this year unless God of War, Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 or something else comes out like Starfield that just absolutely kills it but everyone seems to really love Elden Ring except for the couple problems with performance so we'll get into a little bit about that but that's going to do it for uh, all of the things that are at the top of the show so let's get into the news. Let's talk a little bit about something that I didn't mention uh, in the the opener there. Um, Babylon's Fall is a game that came out this week, and unfortunately, it doesn't seem to be really popular with a lot of people. Uh, is this is a game that is uh, produced or produced by Square Enix, but it's uh, made by Platinum Games, who also make uh, Bayonetta. Let's read from an article from Jordan Midler over at VGC. Uh, the online game was released today on Steam and PlayStation consoles, and at the time of writing is outside of Steam's top 50 uh, sellers on Steam, picking, peaking at fewer than 650 concurrent players on Steam on its release date, according to Steam DB. For comparison, another live game published by Square Enix, Marvel's Avengers, saw around 28,000 concurrent players at launch. That game would eventually be branded as a failure by Square Enix's bosses. Another Square Enix game, Outriders, peaked at 125,000 players. The game, uh, Babylon's Fall, which costs $60, is uh, probably got 18 reviews on Steam right now, which classes, classifies the service as mixed. Um, if you're not too familiar with it, this was one where it, it started out looking like it was going to be one of those games that was a standard platinum game, uh, platformer, shooter, action, adventure, single player game from uh, platinum games, which, you know, if you're a fan of Bayonetta and that, those ilk, then should be something that was really interesting. You know, this is one that came out uh, first revealed back in 2018 during Square Enix's E3 press conference and as such uh, has moved over to a games as a service model, something that I know Square is continued to push with many of their titles. Um, overall, the, the sad thing about this is I think that Square Enix really doesn't understand what is a game that is going to do well for the the players and i think that forcing uh platinum games to make a game and then shift its uh development core to the very base understanding of what this game is going to be 
to something different and not really afford the time for that, given that this was announced back in 2018 and it's launching now in 2022, uh, doesn't really bode well for a game. They're effectively having to reboot the entire style of the game uh, with very short notice, and I didn't expect that they were going to have a lot of fun uh, trying to make this hack and slash multiplayer game something that really stood out amongst other games like Diablo 3 uh, as well as many others that are that have come out since and at this point I have to say um, Platinum Games really needs to take a break on the titles that they're taking on uh, they they're asking for Scalebound where I think that Scalebound could be done justice to if provided it was given to a development company that wasn't trying to do multiple projects at once and I really think that Square Enix needs to step back from uh, the the expectations that they have they they are not really really winning even though games like uh i would say final fantasy 14 are kind of the outlier they're they're the one it's the one game that really does really really well it's been amazing and it's done a great job trying to pick up the player base uh from the world of warcraft franchise that that uh lost a lot of its uh player base as a result of the lawsuit and the lacks of stellar content coming from that team um i think square enix is going to find themselves in a really tough time really soon here if they they don't try and figure out what the heck they want to do with their actual games and maybe just let the the game developers that they're contracting for titles uh do what they want to do i feel like square enix is quickly becoming the next ea which is not a good thing because the only thing saving ea is the fact that everyone still loves sports and anything that the uh the folks over there at oh gosh what is it remedy i feel like i feel like an idiot for not realizing what this company is now oh my gosh no, not Remedy. Um, God, they make... <sighs> Respawn. It's Respawn, not Remedy. Uh, so yeah, I think Respawn is really the only company over at EA that is saving face for the, the publisher right now. And as a result, um, yeah, I think EA and Square Enix are kind of buddy-buddying as far as who's going to be the uh, worst company out there. Um, hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully they come to their senses and realize what's going on i just realized that apex legend has a, a wingman pistol and i really kind of want this now i didn't realize that this was a thing is this a nerf gun i don't even think this is a nerf gun it's just like a a straight replica for apex legends wow that's awesome there's a there's a, a wingman pistol out there um feel like they could have done they could have had some fun with that if they wanted to come up with uh with something else like the um uh, mozambique i think they should have done the mozambique anyway we're not talking about apex legends that's not what's in the news um so yeah uh, babylon's fall real sorry to see that this is this is not doing well hopefully people take a look at it and hopefully they get some patches and stuff uh, i know battlefield 2042 is you know hastily putting out patches to try and make their game stable uh for the sake of players who bought in to that multiplayer game at full price at $70 to get a really, really good experience and just have not had it. Um, I also know Halo is, is in a bit of a slump as well too. There's been uh, very little content coming out for that outside of a couple events that have been reoccurring and unfortunately the player base uh seems to be disenfranchised with the multiplayer at the moment uh, everyone seems to have beaten it on uh legendary mode and gotten their lasso done for the most part and um i think everyone's just kind of waiting for forge and multiplayer to come out so uh it's been interesting to see kind of the landscape of where things are going but 
it's also changing in the hardware field too. Uh, with the next story, we're going to be talking a little bit about the Steam Deck. Uh, reviews aren't out right now for it. Um, it, they're doing really, really well. Uh, the Steam Deck, for the most part, has a few issues. Um, I watched a Digital Foundry video, and they broke down as far as the performance goes. And overall, they say that for the resolution, which bear in mind is anywhere between 720 and 100 or 1080, you're going to be getting, um, on average, 30 frames per second if you don't lower the graphics settings for most games, which is pretty amazing considering that's pretty much on par with most PS4s and Xbox One's uh, consoles. You're going to be seeing pretty good performance out of these things. Um, I like that this is what you can expect from hardware this small considering it's a, a portable system i understand that it's still considered fairly big uh but if you talk to most gamers most gamers would say that the nintendo switch is great for being small as far as portability but uh the ergonomics of it are not as friendly as something like the steam deck um, unfortunately we've already seen some issues with people seeing that they're getting uh stick drift with uh the the joysticks on there um i think stick drift right now is probably the worst system systematic no what is the word uh i can't think of what it is but it's, it's basically the uh the worst issue that's going on with controllers with uh consoles right now it's just for whatever reason the way that joysticks are designed right now they just don't last now granted they're not like busted like nintendo 64 busted but they're definitely not nearly as sturdy as like ps2 controllers or um I would say GameCube controllers are the ones that I can recall back to from my own personal history where I was just like, man, these things are great. I think the first controller uh, that I've had get some stick drift was my Sea of Thieves controller. This is the first time I've ever had to deal with stick drift and it was my Sea of Thieves controller. Granted, that is a controller that I've been using for a fair amount of time since 2018, uh, but it just started having a little bit of issues. So it is now retired. It is now sitting on its nice little stand. Um, but aside from the stick drift issues that a couple of people have said, and bear in mind, these are, there's not very, you know, not a lot of people are talking about this, but I have seen a couple of reports about it so i wanted to mention it at least just so people know going into this but i've also uh kind of taken from the digital foundry video that apparently the fan can get kind of loud and mess with the audio um when you're playing if you're playing at high uh, uh high quality graphics where the the actual system itself is going to do uh but watching them play forza horizon 5 uh horizon forbidden dawn um some of the the latest games to come out within the last six months uh in, or at least like some of the the best games from like playstation on steam are great um they they perform well they they show or they shine really well uh it just looks like you're going to get a really really top-notch experience for something that is really trying to eat into that nintendo switch market uh something that we know that thanks to a leak from nvidia i think there was a leak that came out that said that there was some uh code that referenced the original nintendo switch but this code had the number two after it and people are theorizing that potentially that the switch pro was supposed to come out sooner rather than later and that it is still a thing uh, but it is waiting to use the next chipset from nvidia which will utilize dls uh, dlss which is the dynamic scaling for their resolution so that you can have a uh, 1080 uh, uh, render uh, scaled up 
through software to get you like a 4k picture that still looks pretty darn good all things considered uh this kind of coincides with a lot of rumors about developers being asked to um get into the uh the mind frame of being able to develop games that will hit targets of 4k resolution for their games for the nintendo switch uh and just a, a lot of people saying that there's a good chance that there is going to be a switch pro in the future um unfortunately the high demand of video game consoles uh has has really kind of made it hard for console manufacturers to be able to get the parts necessary to be able to make these devices which probably explains why we haven't seen a solid refresh on the nintendo switch outside of the oled screens which i think because of the size of the oled screens there's a good chance that those were probably just something that were easier to come by as well as adding a ethernet port to the actual dock uh, i think those are were uh, easier things to get than say like the actual chipsets the actual wafers that you need for a proper switch pro um, but I'm kind of jumping around on news here, uh, so I didn't want to dive too much into that because a lot of that stuff is kind of speculation based on rumors, so take that with a grain of salt. Needless to say, um, having a $350 Steam Deck is going to be a good entry point. I would recommend going with the, I think it's $500 one, which would get you the better memory, so the MVME speed memory on that, plus just the the you know more RAM, things like that. I, I think the Steam Deck is is really awesome. I don't use Steam as a platform that much, if I'm being honest. Like I've got a, a few games on there, like Mad Max and you know Destiny 2, Sea of Thieves, uh, things like that. Um, Assassin's Creed. Now that I think about it, and I think I think I might actually have like a couple Batman games or Tomb Raider games. I don't know. They usually have deals going on there, so I've got a few games on there, but not enough to really justify picking up a Steam Deck. Um, I do know a fair amount of people that live in Steam, and I don't blame them because the sales are usually pretty good, and you can have everything kind of all in one spot, and PC gaming is kind of the best way to play video games if you're looking to play any video games because you can literally connect a controller and play your games on your PC. Um, but I kind of like having consoles now. I kind of like having that segregation between uh where i'm doing work where i'm going to be on the computer where i'm going to be recording podcasts things like that uh and i like being able to get away from the actual desk and go sit on a couch and have a nice big screen and a nice big experience um but i know that that is a personal choice not to disparage anything that pc gamers enjoy about the fact that they have pc games outside of losing some of the uh exclusives from say like nintendo or uh playstation but that's kind of the beauty is is any third party game you're going to get with pc regardless so it's only the exclusives that you're missing out on which you'd miss out on if you run any of the other consoles speaking of consoles let's get into xbox news um there's a little bit to kind of come out of the the news circuit as far as xbox not a whole lot to be perfectly honest things are kind of quiet as they're letting other companies kind of uh, soak up the limelight with things like psvr2 and elden ring uh they really aren't doing a whole lot to kind of promote stuff outside of their normal services so i wanted to kind of touch on this story that was making the rounds over on twitter uh thanks to an ign uh, a, a reporter who spoke with Phil Spencer after the Dice Awards back on, um, I think it was last week when we were talking about that. Uh, Spencer had recently 
been awarded the Lifetime Achievement Award, and I wanted to thank uh, Victoria Kennedy over at Eurogamer for writing up this uh, little article that I'm reading from to kind of uh, kind of bring everything together as far as what was going on with the tweet and the video that was on that tweet, um, just to kind of talk about something that I, I think is really important. Uh, so reading from the, uh, the article from Victoria Kennedy, thank you again. Uh, Spencer was recently awarded the Lifetime Achievement Award at DICE 2022 following his acceptance speech uh, in which he called out the toxic environments in the gaming industry. Spencer chatted to IGN about his greatest accomplishment, his hopes for the next decade and the social connections uh, that gaming brings to so many. When asked if he had a message for fans, Spencer was keen to voice his wish player, he, his wish for players uh, respect or for players to respect creators uh, rather than use games as ammunition in a console war. Uh, quote, I think it's very often that creations can be kind of weaponized and used in battles between platforms and other things, end quote, said Spencer. Uh, he says, uh, quote, I look at everybody who is brave enough to create something, put it out there, have their peers, the industry players, uh, play and analyze and talk about what they do, end quote. Uh, quote, let's just celebrate the fact that so many great games are out from so many creators and realize that such a foundation for where this industry is going. Uh, during the speech, Spencer reiterated his desire to see improvements within the game industry, specifically when it comes to workplace toxicity, saying that uh, we have a responsibility to everyone in this business. We have a responsibility to society and we have a responsibility to ourselves. Um, I, I love that spill or that Phil is saying this because if anyone I think in the industry is in a good position to try and uh, drive that that motive that that desire those words to heart you know called a call to action i think he's the one that's going to be doing it um he's done great work to bring things like game pass to as many people as possible for as many games as possible for as cheap as possible you can literally live off of game pass and have a really good group of games to be able to play every single month and i i, I appreciate that given where i'm at with gaming so the fact that he's coming out and saying that saying that he's not really happy with the way gamers specifically uh, are using games as ammunition in a console war like i i agree wholeheartedly with that i think that every game that comes out if it's an exclusive to that console is just an exclusive to that console and it shouldn't be held up against everyone else's kind of vision of what an amazing game should be like yes god of war is an amazing game uncharted 2 is an amazing game so is Halo Infinite. So is Sea of Thieves. So is, um, I'm trying to think of, uh, uh, I guess Zelda Breath of the Wild is the most recent one that I'm willing to, that I'm willing to point to. But uh, I, I would say that, you know, Pokemon Legends Arceus, um, I think is how it's pronounced, is a, a, an amazing game that a lot of people are loving. I just don't like the the actual vision of it. Uh, and it, when it comes to games like Call of Duty or, or say like Elden Ring right now, where those are third-party titles, now you start getting into the situation where analysts are trying to find uh, the best version of that for the sake of giving players an opportunity to play the best version, the most optimized or the best running. And unfortunately, a lot of console warriors out there uh, who have a lot of loyalty towards their platform are using that kind of information against 
their competitors. They're trying to point it out and say like, hey, it runs better over here, runs better over there. When realistically, the idea is just to call out like, hey, these platforms should be treated equally. These are the discrepancies and these should be the discrepancies that are taken care of in future patches. You know, it's not fun to say like, hey, I spent $500 on my Xbox and not be able to get the same experience as a PlayStation player for a game. Like they should just be equal. They should run equally. But the hardware's different, the development time's different, and the priorities are different depending on who's publishing it. So there's not always a good case for this to happen, but you hope that the developers are trying their hardest to actually do that. And I do genuinely think most of the developers out there are. I don't think any developer wants to put out a bad game. Much like other bad games, uh, Fallout New Vegas. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I never played Fallout New Vegas, but um, I know someone who did and I know someone who worked on it. Uh, but the Fallout New Vegas is something that a lot of people have loved from the Fallout series. Uh, this was one that was developed by Obsidian. Obsidian, now owned by uh, Microsoft, has been working on games like uh, Outer Worlds 2, Grounded, Avowed. They've got a couple other in the pipeline that I can't bring to mind right now. Uh, but ever since Bethesda uh, in ZeniMax was purchased by Microsoft, many people have been hoping that this would open up the opportunity for the Fallout franchise uh, to be able to be given a second life with New Vegas 2 for Obsidian. So, uh, the fact that this was um, something that was launched back in 2010 and that is now 12 years later uh, speaks to just how much love and reverence the Fallout New Vegas game had, um, especially considering I never played it. And it was before Fallout 3 and Fallout 4 and Fallout 76. Uh, at least I know for sure two of those were games that everyone really loved. And I think one of them is, is now in a really good place. Uh, but this is an article that was written up Thanks to Samuel Tobert over at Windows Central, um, decided to write this up. This was actually some information that came to us via Jeff Grubb from Games Beat Journal. Uh, and over on his uh, page show, Grub Snacks, which was transcribed by VGC. Man, there's a lot of sources in this. Okay, so Fallout New Vegas 2 is reportedly in early talks at, across Microsoft. Uh, Fallout New Vegas uh, was launched in 2010. We kind of know about that. Let's see, what was going on about this that I want to say? Uh, oh, it's, it's in early conversations. Uh, that are taking place right now uh, with the possibility of Obsidian Entertainment developing the sequel to the 2010 game. So Jeff Grubb basically saying that he's heard rumors about this. Uh, Jeff is pretty good when it comes to the rumor mills. He usually knows what he's talking about. And if he's saying something's being worked on, it doesn't mean that it's coming out. It just means that there's something that is in the works for it. So take that with a grain of salt, uh, as I usually recommend with rumors and speculation and stuff like until we're actually playing it, it's not a thing. Uh, but in, for the for the fans of Fallout New Vegas who were hoping that with the Obsidian uh, entertainment being purchased by Microsoft. And then, uh, in 2000, what was that? 2020, no, 2001, technically, uh, or 2021, technically, uh, Bethesda was acquired by Microsoft. So it's, it's a, a possibility now. And they're at least talking about what that would look like. Like I said, this was a pretty light news week for Xbox, but I did want to let you guys know if you are playing uh, any of the past Resident Evil remakes like Resident Evil 2, 3, or 7, uh, those are going to be getting a visual overhaul. 
Uh, thank you to uh, Barter, Ollie Barter. Yeah, Ollie Barter over at Forbes, uh, who wrote that the classic Resident Evil games are getting a nice visual overhaul, among other things, and coming to PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X slash S later this year. Specifically, Resident Evil 2, 3, and 7 are getting this treatment, with each of them being updated via the RE engine, which is their gaming uh, development engine for those new titles, which will include things like raised tracing, higher frame rates, and 3D audio. The DualSense will also support its haptic feedback and adaptive triggers uh, the other good news here is that if you have already bought the games on playstation 4 xbox one and pc you'll be receiving these updates for free uh, the remake of resident evil 2 is back in 2019 uh 2000 or 2020 was resident evil 3 uh, and I can't remember when Resident Evil 7 came out, but it was definitely, I, th I want to say it was either 17 or 18, but 19 was 2, 2020 was 3, and then we got uh, Resident Evil 8 last year. So I, I think this is great. I think this was something that no one expected and it came out on uh or just a regular tweet at 7 a.m from the resident evil games um this is the way that i think a lot of people were hoping that a lot of this generation would work out ever since smart delivery came out and people were realizing that games are being run on PCs at varying types of hardware and that there shouldn't be much difference between console generations given that the architecture for the actual chipsets is the same. They should just run better and for the most part most of them actually do but given that this next this new generation really is taking advantage of 4k uh, textures or 4k resolution uh, we're also getting ray tracing in some instances but we're mostly targeting like 60 frames locked for most games it's really cool to see that they're willing to go back and do these uh, i have not played the resident evil games i haven't played a resident evil game since probably 2002 2001 back when resident evil zero came out um, I used to love the Resident Evil franchise. Uh, I, I've noticed that over the years due to things like anxiety, uh, I really have had a hard time jumping back into scary games. I find myself like seizing up or having a hard time with that. Uh, even when I'm playing games like Sea of Thieves and, and there's just even the hint of doing something risky, uh, I can already tell my my uh, uh, heart gets elevated or my heartbeat gets elevated and I start to start to run that that trouble with getting into anxiety issues and stuff so uh, it's tougher for me to want to jump into horror games as much as i love them in the past i have not jumped into them uh, i love watching them though um, when i don't have to participate in them so i'd be really curious to see how these look uh, especially after digital foundry gets their hands on the updates to try and compare how they look to the old versions you know how good is the ray tracing implemented how good is the haptic feedback and adaptive triggers uh, for the DualSense? Because that's something that I have really enjoyed. I think that the, the DualSense controller sounded like a gimmick when it came out. Um, having my hands on it, having having uh, a game like uh, AstroBot where you can really feel the difference in the the rumble, um, it's not a gimmick. It's, it's legit. And they do an amazing job with it, especially if the developer knows how to program for it. Uh, you really do get something more than just the varying levels of intensity with uh with vibration it's not just you know a vibrate you actually feel the different parts of where the controller is vibrating based on where the action's coming from and it's 
it's using sound in this instance uh, very much in the same way that the Joy-Cons are. But the Joy-Cons really are just too small to really kind of give you that that overall feel of where the the actual uh, vibrations coming from. Whereas with the DualSense, you really can feel it. And the adaptive triggers are nice when implemented well things like cyberpunk i don't think they implement them very well uh it's literally just squeezing the trigger harder uh but games like ratchet and clank rift apart do an amazing job of giving you that alt trigger opportunity where you can squeeze it halfway to do one fire you can squeeze it harder uh to click past that to do something like an auto fire as opposed to a single shot so I really like it when they utilize that actual controller. <laughs> I really do think it's amazing. Moving into um, the rest of the news, as far as I'm concerned, is is under the actual Xbox banner. Uh, I wanted to talk about Destiny 2, uh, the Witch Queen. I have now spent a lot of time. I haven't. I don't actually know how long I've been playing, but I've been playing a lot. Uh, I think my season pass is in the 30s right now. After the first week, uh, we just had the reset. And the the world first race is actually kicking up this weekend. So this Saturday, the Vow of the Discipline uh, will be opening up. It is the first raid for the the Witch Queen, and they're going to be doing the raid for or the world first for that, uh, where you can get uh, the contest mode, where you can actually earn rewards uh, for completing it within the first 24 hours. There's going to be power level caps, so you're only going to be capped at uh, 1530 for your power level. I don't even think I've hit 1530 yet, but I've been playing a ton, uh, which is is crazy that people are already like in 1560 range. But I love the world first stuff. I love the raids in Destiny. I think the raids are some of the best content I've seen from like a group perspective since probably, oh man, I would say Wrath of the Lich King back in WoW days. Uh, have, have I not, have I had experiences like Destiny uh, to think that they've been doing stuff like that forever. So I'm going to be diving into that. I want to be watching people stream this on Saturday, even though I'm going to be busy doing my own stream for Sea of Thieves. Uh, I want to try and actually get a chance to watch some of this because I, I love it. I'm not going to be uh, participating in the actual world first raid. That's just, it's I'm, I'm past that stage in my life where I need to feel like I need to do that. Uh, but overall, I got to say, the, the amount of content for Destiny 2 right now is fantastic the witch queen campaign is long uh it's really really well done i think the the uh introduction of the uh lucent hive which is the the hive creatures that actually uh have the light if you're familiar with any of that uh is really cool it adds a really new dynamic fight to dealing with different types of mobs as opposed to just the typical champions where you usually have to have a uh, augment or a mod on your gear to, to deal with those these ones have way better move sets they're very hard hitting you really got to pay attention to what you're doing and you got to make sure that you uh, don't just sit back and shoot from afar uh, for most of this um, i've been working my way through the legendary campaign which has been kicking my butt uh, and we've managed, I managed to complete, I would say most of the campaign on legendary. Now I went through as normal. Now that I'm going through as legendary, it's good to have uh, a few good friends to really kind of sit back and, and, and play with them because it takes a lot more coordination. It's a lot harder. It's kind of like doing a mythic dungeon in uh, world of Warcraft. I can't really think of anything relevant to anything that people listening to this might know. Uh, for like Sea of Thieves. I, I can't think of anything that's really tough uh, like this. It's kind of like trying to do the gold hoarder while a bunch of uh, players are trying to murder you or trying to take like a Fort of Fortune with a really 
really strong pvp crew sailing onto you but overall i i've been loving destiny 2 it's all i've played really in the last week i really have i, I played sea of thieves on the weekend just to kind of get some stuff taken care of before the next season because season six is starting on march 10th and that's going to be bringing in sea forts as well as a whole new group of uh different cosmetics and stuff so really love that looking forward to getting into there and seeing how those sea forts are because they're like mini forts uh, or yeah, mini skeleton forts, but kind of dealing with uh, uh, spectral ghosts as opposed to skeletons um, that are kind of designed for one to two players to to be able to do. And I, I like that. It's it's really nifty. But overall, um, I think the weapons in Destiny 2 Witch Queen are fantastic. I think the weapon crafting is a bomb. Uh, I think they they've really missed the mark on what people want to do. But I do like I do like where the functionality of it but i think there's a lot of things that they're missing from that to really round out what that what would normally be an amazing system right now uh as far as warlock is concerned as far as the 3.0 void changes i think void feels amazing right now I, i'm constantly wanting to play in void the way i was constantly wanting to play in stasis when stasis came out uh and i think i i'm really looking forward to seeing how they uh, tackle things like uh what is it i can't i never remember solar solar and arc are the other two elements in in the subclasses to be able to play as um but yeah the guns feel amazing the the killing in there is satisfying uh the the cosmetics are great i've just been absolutely infatuated with destiny right now it's such a good game it's such in a good spot right now um, they've really killed it with this Witch Queen expansion, uh, much in the same way that I think a lot of people are enjoying uh, Elden Ring. Elden Ring is still uh, remaining champion right now or reigning champion right now for uh, games in general. I, I don't know anyone that likes Souls-like games that aren't actually uh enjoying it right now. I think all of them are. Everyone's staying in it. It's just crazy to see like what's going on uh with with how popular that game is it's it's a long long game a lot of people are enjoying it i still will not jump into it as as much as people are saying that this is a good one to jump into um it's just it's kind of nuts it's kind of nuts that it is basically doing uh what breath of the wild did back in the day the last two things about Xbox that I wanted to jump into this week to make sure make sure you kind of know what's going on is uh, last year's uh, snubbed game for game of the year was Guardians of the Galaxy, in my opinion. I know a lot of great games came out last year, uh, including Forza Horizon 5, Deathloop, um, what was the other? Oh, uh, Halo Infinite, Returnal. Uh, a lot of really great games came out and i think everyone was really kind of surprised when guardians of the galaxy came out last year and it was good because <laughs> i don't think anyone after avengers from square enix was expecting galaxy of the guard or Gal guardians of the galaxy to be good um and it's even getting better because now it's coming to game pass uh this is something that is coming out in march um on, on the 10th which is is a bummer because it's the same day that the new season for sea of thieves comes out uh i actually won a copy of guardians of galaxy from uh, uh, uh major nelson or larry herb over at, at uh, xbox and every every minute that i've played of that game has been fantastic i think the story is funny i think the characters are great uh the banter between them is amazing and i i genuinely just think this game 
really needs to be played by as many fans of the franchise as possible, especially if you're not someone who um, I would say is into the comics, but enjoyed the movies. Uh, Because I think that even though the characters are the same, they're not the same actors or actresses for the characters, but the the people that they got for the game, I think still do a lot of justice. Um, The one thing that I would warn people on going into this is that there is a lot of chatter between the characters, a lot. But given these characters kind of connection with each other, the kind of animosity that they have at first until they really kind of become a family, um, you can kind of expect that that's going to be the case. That's going to be something that happens. So I would honestly recommend if you have time, if you haven't, if you're not, if you, if you've been on Xbox and you haven't been playing anything else because you're not into Souls games uh, and you're not into games as a service and you've been looking for something to play, but you haven't picked up Guardians of the Galaxy because maybe you just wanted to see if it would come out for Game Pass later on in the year, congrats, because you are going to be playing an amazing game. And uh, kudos to, to not having to pay anything for it. Download this, make it a priority, finish the game. It's not that long. It's, it's something you'll enjoy for sure. Uh, when you're done with that, you might want to check out some of the other stuff that's coming because there's a lot coming out on Game Pass in March. Uh, The biggest thing I think was uh, far changing tides that everyone seems to be talking about. Uh, This is a game that's coming to Game Pass. It's available day one. Uh, It's already available now. Um, Embark on a stunning journey in an atmospheric vehicle adventure set in a beautiful realized post-apocalyptic world as protagonist Toe you must navigate the flooded landscape at the helm of a unique ship that upgrades and evolves as your progress on your journey. Uh, solve puzzle, puzzles, navigate the changing weather, and dive into unknown depths in search of for a new home. Um, this, I believe, is a 2D game, uh, the side-scroller kind of style, but you're kind of controlling the ship. Looks really cool. Looks like uh, just a, a really unique art style. I actually really love it. Uh, so I'll probably be looking into that to see how it plays. That's available for cloud console and PC for Xbox. The other big thing that I think that was coming out is the fact that Microsoft Flight Simulator is now available on cloud. Uh, this is something that was an Xbox exclusive uh, unless you were on PC. Um, now, if you want, you can actually play this on your Xbox One. You can play this on your phone. You can play it on it tablet or just on a a pc through streaming um i will warn you this game uh takes a lot of data so it you know it streams in data from microsoft's cloud or from microsoft's map services if i recall uh but overall the the fact that a game like this which i believe was a 10 out of 10 for ign last year it was one of the one of the few 10s that came out last year um is coming out and you can play it on your cloud and you, and you don't have to download the huge file that it is uh, to your system. You can now just jump in real quick, immediately get an amazing experience and fly around whenever you want. And it even has some quick play uh, features as far as like jumping into a plane already. You don't have to do the whole takeoff thing. You don't have to worry about it. it it's, it's as arcade as it's going to get for a game that's as realistic as this. 
uh, especially considering the word simulator is in it. Outside of that, I will tell you that uh, Kentucky Route Zero is going to be made available on March 10th uh, for cloud console and PC and lawn mowing simulator, which is not as strict of a simulator as Microsoft Flight Simulator. Uh, but that is one that is coming to Xbox One uh, that is going to be made available for um, actually it's on Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S and uh, or no these are already available so it's just coming to xbox one but it is made available already if you if you haven't been playing this it's available on pc xbox series consoles and xbox cloud gaming uh, but they're making their way over to the xbox one consoles if you haven't been playing that um kind of cool i like that i haven't jumped into it if you have i'm curious how you how you like it if you have tried it if you haven't i want to know uh, also available day one young souls uh, gear up and begin your journey solo or co-op to rescue the professor young souls draws you in with not only its stunning art direction clever beat-em-up gameplay and rpg mechanics but also its sharp writing and incredible universe setting between two worlds you will fall in love with Plus, Ultimate members can play the Xbox Touch controls from their mobile devices on day one with Xbox Cloud Gaming. Kind of cool. I like that. Uh, also, just a real quick uh, update for those of you on PC, uh, the Xbox update or Xbox app got an update that allows you to uh, pick the install locations for your games. Uh, something that I have, I don't really know why this is a thing because I have most of my games installed on not my c drive right now they're on my d drive which has more space even though it's not the faster drive so i don't really know why this was why this was going on um but anyway uh if if you have xbox pc app uh you can now pick and choose where you want games to install by default uh, and you can access those games so that you can actually use things like the repair tools or to mod them, which I guess is really the big thing here. If you want to mod your games, you can do that, especially if you've purchased things like Cyberpunk, which has a ton of mod support out there already through Nexus Mods uh, to be able to make that game interesting if you don't want to play on the 1.5 patch. Getting into PlayStation news, let's talk about Spartacus. Uh, Spartacus is the supposed subscription game service coming from PlayStation later this year. Uh, there are three different tiers that have been rumored. Uh, there has been some more information. We're going to Jessica Howard over at GameSpot, who wrote up the article in response to Microsoft's resounding success with its Xbox or with its Xbox Game Pass. Sony is reportedly buffing up its own service. PlayStation Now with uh, even more games and multiple options uh, that have different tiers. After being revealed by Bloomberg late last year, this new project internally codenamed Spartacus seems to be getting closer to completion as reports regarding its pricing and contents have now begun to surface. According to a report uh, by VentureBeat, PlayStation Spartacus will offer us three tiers, Essential, Extra, and Premium. So the first tier uh, essential is supposedly the one that will cost players $10. It's going to offer up the uh, small selection of games each month, not unlike PlayStation Plus in its current state. The extra tier or the middle tier uh, will then start at $13 and not only comes with the same perks as the essential monthly games, but access to a larger catalog of PlayStation titles similar to PlayStation Now. Lastly, the premium tier, which is the highest tier, uh, includes both of the features for essential as well as extra 
uh, along with um, game trials and PlayStation Now's streaming capability and a library of quote-unquote classic games. Uh, this feature will now allow people to try out different games, not unlike uh, EA Trials um, through EA Play. Like if you're on, uh, I think it's Xbox Game Pass, you have uh, the ability to play up to 10 hours of a game made available by EA uh, to, to see if you like it or not, if it's not available through EA Play right now. Um, this uh, premium starts out at $16 a month. So it's a little more expensive than Xbox Game Pass if those prices are accurate. I don't know that I am really that excited for it. Um, and the reason being is right now with PS Now, uh, I have an instant PS4 catalog. Most of the games that I'm playing through PlayStation are all older titles that I've picked up for less than $15 a piece. And most of the new games that I've picked up are games that I've waited on. So games like uh, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart I picked up and I think I only paid 45 for a used copy through GameStop. So I really, like, I, I don't know how this is going to be for uh, people who are in the PlayStation ecosystem because I'm definitely not the the you know market for this. I'm I'm happy to pick up the games through uh, PS Plus. Um, I have not looked at the library for PS Now, although I imagine uh, given the the games that I play right now, the games of service, I don't have as much time for that. So it's not really for me. But if PlayStation is your only console right now and you're looking to get all of the essential games that you normally get from PlayStation Plus as well as have access to PS Now and get time-limited uh, trials to be able to try out games, especially considering most PlayStation games are coming out at $70 as opposed to $60, then a trial mode would be a good incentive for you to want to play a game without having to fork out the $70 for it. So I think this is going to be something that works out in the favor of fans of PlayStation who do, who've been wanting a Game Pass-like uh, experience on their console. I don't think this is going to be on par with Game Pass as far as having uh, first-party exclusives day one on the service uh, for you to play the way that Xbox Game Pass has. Um, do I think that that's a mistake? No, I don't. I don't think that they need to. I think that the clout of their titles uh, is enough that they don't have to worry about putting it day one to get people invested in the ecosystem. I think that's why people go to PlayStation is for those exclusives. And they understand and have for many years that you're going to be spending a lot of money on those games uh, when they come out. But when they come out, you can trust that those games are probably going to be some of the best experiences you can get in gaming today. Speaking of those premium experiences, uh, let's talk about Gran Turismo 7 just briefly. Uh, this is something that just came out this week. It is the uh, lauded after Gran Turismo series, something that's seen a, a slight dip in the future or in the past titles. Uh, but review, reports are coming out right now and it looks like it's really good. Um, it is currently ranked an 88 on Open Critic, uh, on par with uh, Warhammer 3 and Horizon Forbidden West. So the fact that this game is a racing game, uh, not unlike Forza Horizon 5, but a far more serious simulator. It's nice to see that this game is uh, ranked as high as it is. Uh, it needed to be. I think a lot of people were really looking forward to it. Um, Luke Riley over at IGN, who's kind of the uh, the the main person over at IGN who actually um, does kind of the 
reviews for racing games uh, gave it a nine out of 10, which is, is pretty, pretty good considering how big of a fan he is. Uh, they actually say that mixing the original GT's uh, trend setting format with the GT Sports stern, but very successful focus on competitive online racing. Gran Turismo 7 makes a few errors, but it's potent podium performance. I love the alliteration there from developer uh, Polyphony Digital um, is, is just really good. So it looks like a lot of other people, uh, Alex Goy over at GameSpot gave an eight out of 10, said Gran Turismo 7 takes all of the good bits of the Gran Turismo's past and shakes it up and adding a sprinkling of car culture to sweeten the deal uh let's see da, 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 da. let's see that's unscored why would why would they put an unscored one in here that doesn't actually offer any advice uh let's see who else to do 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 can't really unscored i don't know why people are doing unscored uh chris white over at god is geek uh, god is a geek uh says gran turismo 7 is a wonderful celebration of 25 years as the top racing franchise it looks stunning and is filled with so much to do i don't know if i'd say it's the top racing franchise anymore i think forza's kind of taking that away but this definitely shows that it is a really 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 good game um oh uh mike minotti over at gamesbeat said uh gave it a four and a half out of five stars says more more than how it looks or plays i appreciate gran turismo 7's vibe it's just pleasant i know i can start the game play through a few races or license tests and make some meaningful progress of course if you're looking for something a bit more competitive then that's there with multiplayer uh, i was even surprised to see the game offer a two-player split screen mode which that ran well but that's not how i want to play gran turismo 7 I'm just here for the vibes and relaxing rides. Gran Turismo 7 is happy to let me enjoy it on my own terms, which is really nice to hear. So this is something that when I was watching the videos for it, uh, it was what I would say is a love letter to car culture. Um, if you love cars, if you've been following car history for the last hundred years or however long it's been, uh, then you probably will love this game. In fact, you'll probably want to get this game regardless. Um, I know a lot of racing fans have been living in iRacing for the most part. Uh, a lot of arcade racing fans have been living in Forza Horizon 5 and Forza Horizon 4. Um, I think everyone is kind of waiting to see what Forza Motorsport is going to look like, uh, if that's coming out next year, I believe, and just how it kind of compares to Gran Turismo, because those were kind of the two biggest simulation racing games for a long time. Um, and this looks like it is doing a lot to really give players a really realistic simulation game down to where the weather is going to affect the track in real time uh, whether it rains and that actually adjusts the traction and the the uh, slip of your tires when you're actually driving out there uh, and creating puddles which is a crazy thing to be like oh cool that's it but you know everyone seemed to have issues with the fact that spider-man didn't have nearly as many puddles when that came out so the fact that this is you know something they're paying attention to should be pleasing all of the playstation fans out there who were uh desiring puddles all right couple things i want to tell you guys about with nintendo um we got uh news because of pokemon day last week that i didn't get to cover because we didn't know about it but uh, Pokemon has announced their next Pokemon game in the franchise. Uh, it's going to be Pokemon Scarlet and Ruby, or no, I'm sorry, Scarlet and Violet. Ruby is a Scarlet color. I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, last week, the ninth generation was announced. Um, 
And it looks like Scarlet and Violet are going to be the return to form for the Pokemon franchise, uh, falling in line with Sword and Shield. Um, this is one that I believe takes place in Spain or a Spain-like setting because it's not really like they don't ever actually do like the actual country, but they, they usually take the culture of the country and try and bring it to the game. This one looks like it's going to be based in Spain. Uh, the ninth generation looks good as far as a game goes. I think the graphics are on par with Sword and Shield. Um, it feels like the team really doesn't have enough time to really kind of iterate too much or really have uh, enough time to build out the assets for these uh, 3D games. I think as they continue to pump out new games uh, in the in the franchise every year uh, that will slowly start getting better and better looking games as they're moving further away from the 3DS and moving closer and close, closer to what we expect with the Switch, uh, especially with games that are already out on the Switch like Mario Odyssey or uh, Breath of the Wild. Um, even the Xenoblade games look amazing on the Switch compared to what the Pokemon uh, franchise has put out so far. Game Freak, I think, really has too short of an iteration time to be able to do this kind of work. I think they're too far behind on like game development because, you know, they aren't making a game in a year's worth of time. It takes a few years of their time to be able to do this. Um, so it's it's not... I think because, you know, we're in the fifth year of the Switch, we just now got Pokemon Legends Arceus, and uh, that that is the first major breakaway from what I would say is more traditional Pokemon games. I think maybe uh, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee was being the first one, which I think was a, a personally my favorite. I really love that game, uh, and I think that it was a way better game than what we got with, um, I would say, probably, I don't know, I really kind of liked it compared to... to sword and shield but i did think that sword and shield was a really good game um scarlet and violet are the return to form um the starters look great i think the starters are adorable but the <laughs> the starters uh are a grass kitty which is just it's super adorable and and they finally found a way to get people interested in the actual uh grass type pokemon um, they've got a little crocodile, which is a fire crocodile. And then they've got a, uh, water type duck, which I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at the, the crocodile looks like it's a ripoff from bubble bobble. Not going to lie there. The duck looks like it's got a weird toupee on it. And I'm fine with that. It's not, not a big thing, but, but really the grass kitty just looks absolutely adorable. I don't know what their names are. I don't need to know what their names are. Uh, but I'm very curious to see how this game looks because it looks like it had a little more development time than Arceus did. It looks like the the actual quality of it looks better. And while I think I can get over some of the blurry textures on this one, um, I'm, I'm glad to see that they're keeping the open world. I think they saw the success of that uh, mixed with uh, uh, Arceus, and I think they, they want to continue down that path. The biggest trouble right now is that this game does not look like it is going to follow with Pokemon Legends Arceus's um, style of uh, capturing. Like right now, if you are playing Arceus, you're probably used to the fact that you can run around and capture Pokemon without having to battle. And it's, it's you know, it's kind of a, 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 you know, Pokemon level high octane gameplay loop. Um, you know, you don't have to run in, switch over to a traditional RPG style uh, battle battle it and then capture your pokemon after that it's literally just run around throw pokeballs at at creatures and then capture them that way and that that feels more like pokemon let's go to me than it did uh you know sword and shield 
So now that we're going back to the sword and shield with the ninth generation as uh, Scarlet and Violet, um, a lot of folks are kind of, you know, like wishing that that was, you know, we weren't going back to that traditional gameplay style. I think a lot of people were kind of happy to see them break away from that, myself included, even though I didn't play it. But I wanted to play that gameplay style. I just didn't want that game to look the way it did. I wanted that game to look more like a Xenoblade Chronicles 2 or a Xenoblade Chronicles 3 or even just a Breath of the Wild. I think that that, you know, if they could get the graphics up there and I'm being a snob about this and I don't care. You guys can hate me if you want to. Uh, I want the game to look good and it didn't look good yet. I'm, I'm looking forward to when it looks good because uh, we got games like uh, Pokemon or not Pokemon Project Triangle Strategy that just came out, which is a, a two and a half D hd graphic game and uh, a lot of people are are kind of surprised i was actually kind of surprised that that game came out um so quickly like it felt like it just kind of appeared out of nowhere but i think that literally everyone was just kind of like busy with elden ring elden ring just kind of sucked the air out of the room um but yeah if, if you're not aware this week uh, uh triangle strategy which was just called project triangle strategy um is out now, um, I haven't seen the actual embargo reviews lift for it. Actually, it, I need to check and see on Open Critic what this game is getting because uh, even with it coming out, yeah, like no one's actually reviewing this game that is like on the top things. Hold on, let me see. Triangle strategy. There we go. See if we can find it's. Oh, okay. So it's got an 81. So we had two games come out this week from Square Enix, uh, Triangle Strategy and Babylon's Fall. Babylon's Fall is failing, it is falling, <laughs> and Triangle Strategy is being swept under the rug because no one is playing it um, because it's just on Nintendo Switch. And maybe Nintendo Switch fans are playing it. Maybe they're excited about this. They were, they were excited about the previous installment, Octopath, uh, Octopath Traveler? Yeah, Octopath Traveler. No, did they have Project in there? Ugh, I hate their naming conventions. I think it was just called Octopath Traveler. But Triangle Strategy, uh, very much like Fire Emblem Three Houses, you have a paper, rock, scissor style of gameplay that you work your way through. You're going to be talking to different characters to build up your relationships with them in a very beautiful 2.5D graphic setting. I I can't believe how good this game looks for as... as uh, what I would... It's like the, the natural evolution of PlayStation RPGs um and and the fact that square enix is is producing this game is amazing because i'm i'm just surprised that they're able to do this when they're they're forcing other companies uh to put out games like avengers and um babylon's fall and it's like you guys know how to have companies make good games just let them make good games and they'll make good games stop being bad about how you're uh approaching making other games from different developers like let them just do what they want uh so it doesn't look like um ign has actually got a review out for this that's weird ign spain does um, but most of them let's see gamespot's got seven out of ten uh ign spain Bain has eight point or an eight out of ten. God is a geek uh, from Adam Cook gives it an eight and a half out of ten. Um, let's see, Game Explain loved it. Uh, trying to think. Let's see, Nintendo Life gave it a nine out of ten. Overall, it's getting really good scores out there. So if you like traditional RPGs uh, and you like the way that Octopath Traveler looked, and you have a Nintendo Switch. Uh, this is probably going to be a good game for you to pick up um, because the the same company's doing it this time. 
outside of that there's not too much else uh going on with nintendo um if you were interested in the kirby game what is the kirby game called forgotten land yeah kirby and the forgotten land which is the first 3d game to come out uh for kirby on the nintendo switch um that is going to have a demo that is available well it's not going to have a demo it has a demo out right now on the eShop. so if you've been curious about this if you saw the mouthful memes that were going around with kirby kirby eating a car in a vending machine and you were like man that seems weird uh but this is the first like full good 3d kirby game that we've gotten uh the demo is out now you can actually check it out um cnet wrote up an article thanks to scott stein uh thankfully for checking this out he says uh i played a ton of the kirby game over the or ton of kirby games over the years uh probably more than i can remember kirby in the forgotten land is the first 3d kirby and it immediately makes me think of nintendo's mario game evolution it reminds me of Super Mario 3D World and Super Mario Odyssey in particular. But while this game so far seems charming, I can't feel the sense that it's not the eye-popping experience I was hoping for. And at Nintendo's fifth anniversary of the Switch, it makes me wonder how much of that is maybe the console's age. I got early access to the game a few days ago from Nintendo, but you can already play a free demo on the eShop yourself. Uh, I played through all of the levels in World 1, plus some side bonuses, and I played on a Nintendo Switch uh, OLED. Kirby's game structure is level-based, with each stage so far having a more linear path than i was expecting uh sort of like super mario 3d world the perspective or, or yeah the perspective is fixed and limited amount of camera perspective uh, wiggle i'm still not sure why kirby in the forgotten land takes place in a post-apocalyptic looking world i'm sure i'll find out uh maybe uh, but the game's graphics while cute move at a less fluid frame rate than Nintendo Switch's Super Mario games on uh, at, at currently. Uh, I usually don't care about things like that, but it makes the game feel older uh, and a bit less immersive. It's odd. So to caveat this, and, and again, thank you to Scott Stein for writing this up over at CNUT. Um, I will say that for one, this is a, a demo, which means that the demo is probably something that was finished a while ago. It was probably on an older build. It'll probably feel rock solid because Nintendo games are typically rock solid uh, when it comes to things like frame rates and, and design and stuff. And this is kind of what I was expecting. Um, Nintendo had put out the trailer. Uh, I noticed right away with the trailer that it looked like you were running around corners and the camera would follow you in a very traditional uh, 3D side scroller uh, way, the way that like, for example, Super Mario 3D World operates. Um, so I did not fully anticipate the Breath of the Wild style of free world, open world gameplay with Kirby. Um, so I'm fine with that because I think that the Kirby franchise is good when it does stuff like that and it kind of stays true to its design i'd be interested to see what a true 3d key kirby world would bring to the table if they if they could do that and how that feels uh, but i think this is going to be a first iteration to get people accustomed to playing as kirby in a world where you are in kind of a 3d environment for the first time so i think this is great i'm going to be downloading this and checking it out hopefully over the weekend uh see if i can report back to you next week uh, when we talk about stuff that I've been playing and realistically, um, we're already at that hour mark, man. I thought that this was going to be one of those situations where I was not going to have enough to cover the, the whole hour for news. Uh, turns out I was completely wrong and, uh, we still managed to get a whole lot in there. So, 
Um, we're skipping the uh, what I played uh, or what I missed because of World of Warcraft uh, section because I, I've been playing Destiny 2 and I definitely missed that because of World of Warcraft. But I feel like because it's now a game as a service that I'm following up with all the time, I'd rather keep it in the news section as opposed to something that I'm playing on from the back burner. So uh, I think that's going to do it for that. Yeah. Thank you to everyone who has been listening. Uh, mostly, mo- most of you guys are all friends, and I appreciate the heck out of you for that. Uh, but if you've been listening to the podcast and you enjoy it, you appreciate getting all this information in one hour's worth of time for the entire week, uh, definitely feel free to let me know. Um, there's plenty of ways you can do that. You can reach me over on Twitter at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. Uh, if you want to see the actual uh, uh, podcast um, Twitter account, that is the Xbox wrap up. And if you want to write into me, uh, which I forget to check every week until I get to this point in the episode where I'm like, oh, hey, I should probably check my email to make sure I didn't miss something. Uh, you can write me over at the Xbox wrap up uh, at gmail.com. Um, again, I did not get any emails, so I am very happy that I didn't miss out on what you guys had to say about that. So um, I didn't get any uh, submissions that were actual f- submissions for the Halo uh code so i am taking that and i'm adding it to my account right now i now own the copy of halo infinite but you guys all have game pass so it doesn't matter you all you all finished that and now it's all dead and halo's dead and we'll never come back and nobody has to worry about what the weapon's name is um so with that i think that's gonna do it got the socials in there uh write review all that good jazz if you guys want to not a big deal i'm doing this mostly for the sake of me wanting to talk about gaming news and there's been some cool news um i want a steam deck so if anyone has a spare 500 that they uh that they find themselves burning a hole in their pocket feel free to you know buy me a steam deck uh, other than that um i hope you all have an awesome week and thank you for choosing me as your way of getting your week's worth of xbox news and maybe a couple other companies out there. But if you guys like this, stay tuned every Friday. I'm trying to get an episode out every Friday so that you have the news, uh, so that I stay on top of the news, so that I can remain in the zeitgeist while I play a bunch of old games. And with that, thank you to everyone. And this has been another episode of the Xbox Wrap Up.